Good afternoon, Central Park Baptist Church. Good afternoon to y'all. We're doing okay? Hey, man, very good. If you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 617, hymn 617, Great and Mighty. Hymn 617, Great and Mighty. Father, we are grateful that we do have a risen king. Father, a king that died for our sins and that we might have a way to come and be with you. So, Father, we thank you for that and we raise up our praises to your name. Father, be with us this afternoon as we worship in our afternoon service. Be with Brother White as he preaches. We thank you, Lord, for loving us as we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. And if you can remain uh, standing, we would like for you to join us in singing hymn 447, Higher Ground. Hymn 447, Higher Ground. We'll do all verses. Hymn 447, Higher Ground.
good afternoon and welcome to our afternoon service. You may be seated. We're glad that you're back here for 2 o'clock, our 2 o'clock service. We have a few announcements for you. Don't forget about soul winning this Saturday, soul winning this Saturday morning at 9.30 in the morning, uh, weather permitting. And then uh, Saturday is time change Saturday. Time changes Saturday or Sunday morning. Uh, we set our clock forward, spring forward, fall back. Amen. I don't like falling back, but I do like springing forward. If it's for the right cause, and I'd rather sleep than lose my hour. Anyway, uh, Time Change Sunday uh, is coming up next Sunday. Again, Pastor and the church would like to thank everyone who came out and worked so hard yesterday. I mean, we got a lot of work done in a very short period of time. I think I was gone by 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and we didn't start till 9.30, and it was, I mean, we were done, amen. And that was a great job, and congratulations, fellas, for all the work. And ladies, also thank you for Saturday or Friday getting everything ready so that we could go in and get the job done. And I thank all the ladies that came out and did that as well. Don't forget that on March 10th is Mario Day. Happy Mario Day for teen activity. That will be on March 10th. That was very um, well thought out how to put that in there. So uh, good job, Brother DeVito. All right, thank you for being here this afternoon. And Pastor, you come. Well, don't everybody go to sleep yet. It's, we're just about to get started, amen? <laughs> I know some, I, I saw one or two look like y'all were praying, but I don't know, you know. Uh, but I'm glad you're back. Appreciate you being here. Uh, please uh, uh, continue to pray about our kitchen. I mean, we, uh, I haven't heard anything about the cabinets yet, but we've still got some things to do to get ready for them uh, so that we can hang them and all those kinds of things. So pray for us that we get all the get everything done. We want to do it right and uh, because we're not doing the kitchen no more. Amen. Unless Malachi comes along, you know, 25, 30 years later and wants to do it. Or we can let the Antichrist take care of that. Amen? No, I like that a little better. Maybe that'll happen in the next six months. So be all right. But anyway, but I'm glad that you're back and uh, we're going to have a a good time. We're back in Moses, talking about Moses chapter 3 again, in Exodus chapter 3, so pray with us about that. There was, seemed like there was something I was going to tell you, but I can't remember, you know. Uh, sometimes you think of stuff to say, and then you, you, you don't say it right then, and guess what happens? Down. Yeah, it goes away, you know. So uh, anyway, well, let's have our offering, and uh, trust that you didn't give today, that you'll take this opportunity uh, to do that, all right? Father, we thank you, Lord, for the day, and Thank you for our people, Lord, and the hard work that they do. And uh, God, just not in, even in the physical things, but thank you for the work and the labor they do in the spiritual things, Lord. And uh, God, those are the things that have eternal uh, consequences, Lord, and that change the lives of people forever. So I pray, God, that you'd continue to help us, Lord, and uh, to continue to stay the course for the cause of Christ. Pray, God, that you'd bless this offering. And uh, pray, Lord, that you just have your hand of favor upon it. Lord, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you come.
this time, if you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 586, Glory to His Name, hymn 586. Glory to His Name, hymn 676, hymn 676. At the conclusion of this hymn, please greet each other. Hymn 676, the Lily of the Valley. Oh, 
morning feeling fine. I woke up with heaven on my mind. I woke up with joy in my soul, cause I knew my Lord had control. And I knew I was walking in the light, cause I've been on my knees in the They were singing the wrong words. All right. Well, I woke up this morning feeling fine. I woke up with heaven on my mind. I woke up with joy in my soul. Because I knew my Lord had control. Well, I knew I was walking in the light. Because I'd been on my knees in the night and I prayed till the Lord gave a sign and now I'm feeling mighty fine well I'm feeling mighty fine I've got heaven on my mind don't you know I want to go This heart of mine, I got heaven, heaven on my mind, and now I'm feeling mighty fine. I've been walking with Jesus all the time. We're walking and talking as we climb. Sky where I know I live when I die. He's been telling me all about that land, and he tells me that everything is grand, and he says that a home will be mine. And now I'm feeling mighty fine. Well, I'm feeling mighty fine. I've got heaven on my mind. Side. This heart of mine, 
mind, and when you have a lot of stuff on your mind, and it's as small as mine, you, you know, you run out of space. <laughs> Good. I'm so glad y'all didn't say amen. Y'all did all right. All right, I'm checking this thing, this new stuff. It's on a, is it on? No. Oh, there it is. All right. All right, Exodus chapter 3. <clears throat> Exodus chapter 3. Uh, we're going to read beginning of verse 1. We'll start there and we'll read down through verse 9. Okay. Second book, Old Testament. All right. Genesis, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Y'all still follow me? All right. Y'all okay? All right. Exodus chapter 3. Found your place. Amen. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, and priest or uh, the priest of Midian and he uh, led the flock of, uh, to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God even to Horeb and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire of, out of the midst of the bush now I, you know I just thought of this if you notice up here in verse 1 it says Moses led the flock to the backside of the desert he's not even where God's going to meet him yet you know what that lets me know God said that the steps of a righteous man are ordered up by God so the Lord knew where he was going. God already planned it all out. And so when he got there, it says, The angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw, he turned aside to see. God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely uh, seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have Heard their cry by reason of their taskmaster, for I know their sorrows. Listen, Moses now has come to the place where God's ready. Right. It's not just Moses. I mean, his, you know, our timing is usually not right. It's not real good. But God's timing is always right. And so now God says, I heard their cry and, and uh, by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows and I'm come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now there's a reason why God names all these, all these uh, different uh, people. And then he said in verse 9, Now therefore behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me and I have also seen uh, the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Father, help me, Lord, this afternoon. <clears throat> and I pray, God, that you'd help me to make application, Lord, uh, to the message today. So, Lord, something that happened over 2,000 years ago, God, that we can see how it still applies to us today. And, uh, God, I pray that we'll do so, and it'll strengthen us and help us, Lord. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Let me get my... Um, let me get a little drink here. Okay, verse 1. We notice that, that uh, Moses, he's tending the sheep in the desert of Midian. And he comes on this burning bush. And, uh, and, and remember, the bush is burning, but it's not being consumed. I mean, and this was, 
God's manifesting and revealing himself, <clears throat> meeting with Moses in a special way. And folks, I'm here to let you know God still meets with us in a special way today. Uh, he'll still do that. Now, he's not going to speak to us uh, like he spoke to Moses because he'll speak to us through the perfect word of God today and in the presence of the Spirit of God. Uh, but Moses here, again, he, he's meeting with God and, and, and in a special way because Moses needed a, a deep, intense, unforgettable experience with God. I, I believe he needed an, an experience that he would not forget as he stepped into his service uh, for God. And if you look in verse 4, we find the call of God uh, upon Moses. God's call to Moses shows exactly what is involved when God calls a person? Listen, not everything that people claim to be called of God to do is a call of God on their life. We 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 got to be careful that you know when people say, "Oh well, I, I God called me to do this." Be, uh, listen, uh, if God calls us to do something, it will always enhance and edify the church of the living God. Always, it will always do that. And so, again, we see Moses and how God shows him what's involved in God's call, and it shows us the factors included in God's call. First thing we notice is God, uh, God's call was to a seeking man. Because notice in verse 4 again, that word when. Uh, when God calls Moses, it was when Moses stepped and or excuse me, when he stopped and, and sought the meaning of the burning bush, Moses stopped and he turned aside and he sought after God. And it was only then that God called out to Moses when God sought out uh, God's call on his life. And I've got to think, what would happen or what would have happened if Moses had ignored the bush and, in, uh, and concluded that it wasn't worth the effort for him to stop and go see what it was all about? Listen, there's a lot of people today that, w that won't stop and, and take the effort that it takes to see what God can do for them in their life. For example, and I'm not throwing rocks at folks, but listen, it's the same way when po folks won't stop and give time to God to be back to church on a Sunday afternoon. They won't stop and give God the time to find out if God can really do something for them. They think that, listen, come to church twice in one day, listen, is just a, just a little bit too much. But listen, there's things that God will give you and God will give his people if we would just simply stop and turn aside and listen to him. And that's exactly what Moses is doing. And it's this, at this point that God's call comes to Moses. Uh, most likely God would not have called him had he not turned aside. And again, many, uh, they, they don't do that. And I think that there's a lot of people who miss the blessings of God because they're too busy and too tied to the things of this old world to turn aside. I think many uh, are they who miss out on God's call and God's blessings when, because God's call to them is not convenient. It's not a convenient time, which leads me back to Acts chapter 24. Uh, we find Paul witnessing to Felix. And Felix tells Paul, listen, uh, how would you like to have somebody like Paul witnessing to you? I mean, Paul don't miss a step. Uh, he don't mix with words. And I would imagine that he told Felix straight and to the point. In fact, Felix, uh, it says in, in Acts 24 and verse 25, 
And as he, Paul, reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled. Listen, Felix knew what the truth was, or else why would he tremble at that? Why would he get nervous about that? Because he knew, listen, the Holy Spirit of God was dealing with him. But listen, but it says, and answered, he told Paul, go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. Listen, nowhere after that do you ever read about Felix ever coming to the place of salvation in his life. He missed it. He missed God's call on his life simply because he did not turn aside. He, he missed the call of salvation. Well, Moses did stop, and he did seek to understand the burning bush. And God's call was to a seeking man, a man who sought to understand the truth and the meaning of God. And the Bible teaches us that any person who seeks God, who, who seeks to know and understand God, will find him. Philippians, or Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 29. It says, but, it, uh, but if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. Amen. Listen, finding God's no secret. Yeah. It's not some mystery that we have to dig through life for and... You know, the will of God is not something that we have to, you know, uh, 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 seek the word of God and look through all the nooks and crannies to find out what God's trying to say. Listen, God said, if we seek him, we shall find him. If thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Uh, God's call is, uh, is on every one of us and he wants us to know what uh, his purpose is for our life. God's calls a personal call. God called Moses by name. Yeah. I mean, uh, listen, God knows who you are. Amen. And he'll call you too if you'll let him. Uh, he, listen, he says, oh, I don't want to be a pastor. I don't, well, that's not what I'm saying. That God will call you to serve if you'll just listen for him. And whatever gift he has given you, God will find a place for you to use that gift. But we see that when God called Moses, Moses turned aside. And God's call to us is personal. He knows us by name. For example, Abraham responded in Genesis 22. And when God called him, he said, here am I. Uh, and Samuel responded the same way in 1 Samuel 3, 4. He said, here am I. Uh, Isaiah responded the same way in Isaiah 6. He said, here am I. Uh, Paul responded the same way in Acts chapter 9. He said, here am I. So listen. When God responds to us or, or calls us, we ought to respond the same way. Guess what? Here am I. It's no secret God wants us to know. But in answering God's call, Mo, uh, Moses says two things. The first thing he said, I'm ready to listen. And the second thing he is saying is I'm ready to serve. Listen, God's call will always bring out those two things. I'm ready to listen. You know, sometimes people just don't want to listen. Speak to the hand. Amen. I mean, but we ought to be ready to listen attentively and ready to serve earnestly. I, I, and I, I'll, let me say that I'm thankful for our people who are willing to serve. Listen, and even the, the uh, hard stuff out here in the kitchen, digging up a floor or, or opening a smelly safe that hadn't been opened in 30 years. Listen, I'm telling you, but people come and they serve. Listen, and I'll, I'll tell these young men, y'all, I want y'all to listen to me. Ministry's not about just standing right here and preaching a sermon. Amen. 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 
Too many people today think that ministry is all about right here in this place. This is not all the ministry. This is, there's a whole lot of ministry. The ministry, and, and listen, sometimes ministry is cleaning the bathrooms. Sometimes ministry is, is, is pulling up tile in a, in a, a kitchen. Sometimes ministry is mowing the grass uh, when there's other things that we want to be doing. Listen, I, there's a lot, whole lot of other things sometimes that's on our calendar, but listen, ministry is, is being around God's people when it's time to be around them. Amen. And we can all say, Amen. Uh, this is the easy part. This is the fun part. Uh, but sometimes you've got to get your hands dirty. Yes, sir. Now, I know that some ministries are, are not <clears throat> necessarily like this one. There's some preachers that uh, don't even know how to change oil. Well, that's between them and God. But I want to teach young men how to get their hands dirty. Uh, I want them to know what you go through. I want them to know that uh, what you have to do when you go to work every day and what it takes for, for God's people to come and, and be faithful to God's house. I don't want them to, to stand here and not ever have faced some of the things that, uh, that you have faced. I want them to know what it means to work hard and, and, to, and to have to still uh, go home and shower and get ready and come to church. Ministry is not just about preaching. Come on, y'all can say amen. And I want our young men to know that. I, I think it makes them a better pastor uh, when they know these things. And, uh, but we see that Moses, he, uh, God used him. and he, uh, Listen, Moses is out there working too. He's 80 years old. And he's out there tending sheep. He's a working man. But he's also seeking after God. And, and, and he stopped and he turned. Listen, and, and if we'll seek God, God will find, will find him. But we have to be ready to serve. Listen, this requires that uh, we adjust our priorities. Uh, it requires that we make God first in our lives. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. And listen, and, and, all, and his righteousness and all these things will be added. Too many Christians today reply, well, you know, I can't answer right now. I can't answer here on my today because I'm a little busy right now. I got things I got to do at the house. You know, I got a quart of milk in the ice box. I know I hadn't thrown that out there. You said, what's that mean? Absolutely nothing. But one excuse is just as good as another one. Amen. You know, we, we find other things to do. And listen. That the song excuses, excuse him, excuses, excuses. You hear them every day. The devil will supply them if from church you'll stay away. Follow me? Yeah. Yep, they're always out there. But Moses stopped and he turned aside. Notice first the command. When Moses turned aside to seek God, God says to him, draw not, uh, draw not uh, nigh hither. I'll get it out in a minute. God's calls a holy calling. God stopped Moses dead in his tracks, and he tells Moses, Moses, look at there in verse, he says, take your shoes off. Now watch this, why did he tell him that? Because the ground where he stood was holy ground. Now what, the ground was not holy in and of itself. It was holy because God was there. And when God told Moses, listen, he was teaching Moses a lesson. And the lesson was, one. the first one is that God is holy. Amen. Holy means to be separate and distinct, entirely different from mortal man. It means God is pure, righteous, moral, just, eternal, perfect in every detail. Amen. I've had people say, yeah, but what if, 
when Jesus was here, what if he could have sinned? He could not have sinned. That, that, that thought process was not even in him. Listen, he was pure, righteous, moral, just, and eternal in every detail. In the Old Testament, God impressed on man that he was unapproachable in a lot of ways. And think about it for a minute. The Israelites were forbidden. Remember when Moses was up on Mount Sinai? Uh, God told them, listen, uh, don't, they can't come past this point. They, don't, they can't touch it. Listen, uh, I mean, God was uh, forbidding them to do that. The veil in the tabernacle uh, and the temple. And if you go and read in 1 Samuel chapter 6, you'll find that a little over 50,000 men were killed because they looked into the Ark of the Covenant. Why? Because God's holy. If you remember, um, oh, um, uh, when David put the ark on the, <clears throat> on the new cart, remember what happened? Remember what his name was? Who? Yeah, I had that. Uzziah. You remember what happened to him because God said, don't touch the ark? Now, this is, just a, uh, I, this is just something, that, uh, my opinion, you don't have to believe me, but if you remember, the, the ark was in the house of Obed-Edom for a good while, okay? And, and, and sometimes when, when the presence of God is around, and, and he, you know, sometimes if we're not careful, we get a little accustomed to him being around. We get a little bit uh, familiar. And, you know, God becomes, instead of high and lifted up and holy and righteous and pure in every way, we think, man, he's a good, he's a good old guy. I mean, he's, our, he's that, uh, that, that old man in the sky, you know. And, uh, you know, he's my friend. He's my buddy. No, listen, he is high and lifted up. That's why God said. And I think maybe Uzziah uh, during that time became familiar with God. And he thought, man, it's okay. Uh, me and God, we're like that. And when the, ark, when the oxen stumbled and the, uh, uh, the ark began to fall off, he thought, well, it's okay. God, I, me and you, we're close. And he reached up and touched the ark to stabilize it. Listen, and God struck him dead. We've got to be careful not to become too familiar with God that we bring him down to our level, that we leave him high and lift it up. Amen. Amen. So we see Moses. Uh, he's here, and, and God says, Moses, you take your shoes off uh, because of you, the, the place where you're standing is holy. And watch, the putting off of the shoes was to show <coughs> a show of respect uh, for where he was but also showing a reverence uh, that the inward man uh, owes God. Listen, we owe God reverence. Yes, we owe Him respect. Each place where God makes Himself manifest becomes holy ground. Our, the day we live in don't show much reverence and respect for God. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Think about it. Those with profane mouths, uh, profane lifestyles, and supposedly Christians, uh, and yet, th listen, they reflect disrespect toward God. It's even shown up in our churches. Y'all stay with me just for a minute. That's <clears throat> what happens when you go and you get preached to. It brings things back in perspective a little bit. Uh, but, but this disrespect and, and irreverence has shown up in our worship. It's shown up in our churches, it's shown, it's shown up in our prayers and in our preaching. Listen, this place is holy. You know why? Because God is here. Amen. 
Uh, our churches today have adopted uh, the lifestyles of the world. We've brought in the world's philosophies. we brought in the, brought in the, uh, the world's methods. Listen, you know what God is saying? Hey, take your shoes off. In other words, you're in the presence of God. Show some respect. Yet people want to come to church in shorts. Amen. Preachers want to preach in blue jeans. Listen, this doesn't help me to be a better preacher, a tie and a jacket, but listen, but it shows respect for who I stand for. And when we come to church, we ought to show the same respect. Amen. I'm not saying you have to wear a tie, but you ought to do the best you can. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and say amen. You know, Christians today want to look like the world. Look, I've got a tattoo of Jesus on my arm. Look, right here, brand new, look at that. Don't, I think Jesus would be proud. Looks kind of worldly to me. And I mean, Deuteronomy says not, not to mark your body. Listen, we've got to be careful. Uh, we're to be separate, distinct, because we come into the presence of a holy and a righteous God. Uh, so with face covered, listen, but ears opened, here's Moses. He stands before God to learn his will. And God takes him into counsel, not only calling him to a certain work, but revealing to him why he's called and what he is supposed to do exactly. Look in verse 6. God clarifies it. Moses is called because of the affliction of Israel. They're suffering, watch, from constant toil. The taskmasters were brutal to these people. I mean, Pharaoh was cruel. And all this, listen, all this reached a point that God would not allow it to go anymore. Listen, God has a point where he says, okay, that's enough. He'll come to that place, and not only in the life of his people here, but in our lives as well, where he'll only allow us to go far. And he says, okay, that's as far as you go. It's a scary place to get to. There's a point that God will go no further, and he'll step in, and he'll vindicate the oppressed, and he'll punish the wicked. Moses is told what to do in verse 10. Look there. God says, bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. That's pretty specific. Can you imagine the thoughts going through the mind of Moses? Or the, uh, the mind of Moses? I mean, he's already tried this once. Amen. Killed a guy and got scared that Pharaoh was going to kill him, and he ran off. But now here God's back. God says, Moses, okay, you go to Pharaoh. Uh, what? Um. I mean, he tells Moses, go back to Egypt and approach Pharaoh. Can you, I mean, to me, I'm thinking, what, what must be going through Moses' mind at the age of 80 after being 40 years removed from the palace? And, and listen, after knowing that, that the guy wanted to kill him, and, and yet God says, listen, you go back there because I'm going to use you to deliver my people. And I think Moses probably said, man, how am I going to go to Egypt and gain a face-to-face -face meeting with the new king of Egypt. How am I, how am I going to, I'm a shepherd. I'm out here in the middle of the Midian desert and, and yet you want me to go back? I mean, 40 years of exile, a hireling shepherd, 
I mean, how's he going to speak to a king, uh, listen, about letting over 600,000 Jews go free? Okay, now, Pharaoh, here's what God said. God said, you've got to let all them Jews go. It, I mean, do you know who you're talking to? Amen. I mean, these are the, these able-bodied workers that, you know, that were keeping cattle, making bricks, building cities, building walls, digging waterways. Moses, man, well, you know, God, you're really, that's a lot to ask. But notice what God tells him. He says, I'm come down to deliver them. Listen, when God comes down, one or two things are about to happen. Uh, either, listen, either judgment or revival. Yep. Only two. I mean, true compassion always takes action. That's what God's showing. He cares about his people. Listen, if you really care about something or someone, then your actions are going to show it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, listen, a lot of people today, listen, they want you to believe that they have compassion for the work of God. Oh, yeah, preacher. I love God. I love missions. Really? I'll tell you an old story back years ago when I was just a kid and my dad was pastoring in uh, San Angelo, Texas. Man, I was probably in, in the fifth or sixth grade and, and there were some things going on in the church. The church was doing good and there got to be a few, uh, uh, some of the folks got started complaining because we, they were always having to build from my recollection and, and then they got worried about where the money was going. Now, I'm talking about the people who were saying, man, preacher, we love missions. We, we love the church. And then, but they got to complaining and murmuring. Kind of sounds like the Israelites, doesn't it? And, uh, I, I, you know, sometimes back in those days, you could get away with things. I, I don't know that I would do it today. I, you know, I've thought about it, but I, I don't know that I would. But Dad went and got all the tithing and giving records. And when Sunday came around, the following Sunday, they were posted on the bulletin board in the foyer. Yep. Solved a whole lot of complaining and murmuring. You know why? Because all, I say all, some of those folks that were complaining about, or that, that said they loved God and, and loved missions and loved the hearts and souls of the lost, didn't hardly give anything. You say, what are you trying to say? If you really care about something or someone, your actions will show it. Right. Yeah. If you really want to know what you care about, look in your checkbook or look on your bank statement, see where your money's going. Yeah. yeah. Uh, God shows us he cares by sending his only son to be our savior. Listen, here we get a foreshadowing of the incarnation where God said, I am come down to deliver. You think about that. Christ had come to earth to bring about the greatest emancipation of all time, the redemption of man's soul. He came to earth to be like us, clothed in this flesh, yet sinless, so that we could be like him. Look in verse 8. It gives us a picture of our salvation. God said he was going to bring Israel out of Egypt and unto the promised land. You see, our salvation not only keeps us from going to an eternal hell, but it also sends us to an eternal heaven. 
Notice here it says, uh, it teaches us that we need both actions. Now, sometimes we miss this. When people get saved, they separate from the things of this world, but they don't separate unto the things of God. Y'all follow me. Say, amen. You know, we get that old saying, I don't drink or chew or go with the girls who do. We think we're okay because we, you know, we got saved and we quit all this bad stuff. Now, listen, that's a good thing to quit all that bad stuff. That's what you ought to do. But they don't have the other positives. Listen, salvation is a two-way street. Amen. There both, there's the out and then there's the unto. Out of this world, old things are passed away. All things are become new. We've been brought out, listen, of the things of this world, saved uh, and dwelt of the Holy Spirit of God unto good works. We're not just saved. Listen, we are saved to go to heaven, but not just to go to heaven. We're here to do good things, tell other people about the Lord Jesus Christ, to serve and labor for the honor and glory of God. Out and unto. Then God made it clear where Israel's going. Notice what he said. Unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Unto the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and all the other Ike brothers. Notice what, watch this. It's a definite place. Okay. Uh, It's also going to be a delightful place because it's a land flowing with milk and honey. But it's a difficult place. Listen, Canaan is not a picture of heaven. Oh, wait. Sometimes we get sidetracked, but it's not. Listen, notice. It's a land with Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, the Perizzites. We get stuck on the part where God says, I'm taking you to a land of milk and honey. Oh, amen, boy, it's all, look at that. Everything is good to go. It's, a, it's heaven on, no, wait a minute. It's got Perizzites and Hittites and Amorites and, and listen, Jebusites. Listen, there's going to be some difficulty. Listen, it's a, sure, it's a delightful place. It's a place flowing with milk and honey, but it, it's a fruitful place, a place where Israel's going to find blessings and peace. Listen, which you'll find when you follow after God in this life as well. But listen, it's a difficult place. Uh, there's going to be, there's some people that are cruel. There's some cruel nations that, uh, that, would, that Israel's going to have to fight. They're going to have to engage in some battles in order to overcome. And listen, that's the same thing that you and I are going to have to do here in this world. Uh, the blessings are here. The, the promises of God are here. Uh, but we're going to have to overcome some things in this life in order to have them. There's going to be some difficulties. Uh, it's a place where uh, we understand that God will give us a blessing. But watch this. God's blessings are not to make us lazy, soft, or undisciplined. Those things, the blessings of God, are only going to be had after we fight the battles. Israel didn't just walk in and say, here we are, y'all fall down. No, they had to fight, they had to fight some battles in order to get it. Um, the battle is the Lord's, though. I mean, and yes, he'll give the victories, but we still have to fight the battle. Uh, we're going to have to stay the course. We're going to have to, listen, having therefore obtained the help of God, you think that worked for Israel? Oh, yeah. When they had the help of God, they overcame, they fought, they won. 
But when they fought in the strength of this flesh, oh, you know, it's just a little old place over there. You know, I mean, we'll just take a few thousand and we'll get them. But they didn't, they, they didn't realize there was sin in the camp. And they went out and it cost them the lives of people. You know why? Because they, they started operating the strength of this flesh. But when they went back and they, they had therefore obtained the help of God, you know what happened? They continued into the blessings of God. Listen, uh, we still got to fight battles. It's still hard. Listen, I, I know it's difficult uh, to come back on a Sunday afternoon. That, that's one of the reasons why we started having service in the afternoon as opposed to in the evening because some folks, they drive 30, 40 minutes to get home. And listen, you drive 30, 40 min- minutes to get home and you get home and you put your house shoes on, you put your comfortable on, you know, the one's got all the holes in it and it's, it's threadbare, you know, and you're walking around and, and your socks, your holy socks, you know, where your big toe sticks out of one end, amen. And, and then it gets about five o'clock and you think, oh man, it's 40 minutes back to the church. I think I'll wait. Listen, we got to be careful because sometimes you got to fight this old flesh. You see, the blessings of God are to help us gain the victories that we need in this life, not to make us lazy or slothful. And if we're going to get them, we've got to stay in the fight. Um, this body gets tired. Amen. Yeah, things of this world get heavy. Um, sometimes you just want to just skip a service. You know, it's only a Wednesday night. Amen. It's just a Sunday afternoon. It'll be okay this once. Be careful. Because this is where we allow the old devil to get a foothold in our lives. And if we let him do it a little bit, he'll do it a whole lot. Uh, Listen, you know what we've got to do? We've got to stay the course. You know, summer's coming, and it's going to get warm, and the, the, the days are going to, you know, between now and when it gets hot, you know, next week, we're going to be really nice. It's going to be nice, and, and we'll want to get outside. We're going to want to work in the yard, and there's going to be a lot of things, and we're going to try. We, listen, we've got to be careful. We've got to stay the course. Listen, people are still dying and going to hell without Christ. There's still people in this area that are burdened. I talked to two people today. It was good to have Brother Dennis King that came and sat over here. He, he was one of my trustees in, in Pampa. This morning about 8, eight o'clock, I, uh, or excuse me, about 8.45 or so, 9, I got a text from a, a man who was another trustee in, in the church. And, he, and the text read, Preacher, please pray for me. I have some needs in my life. So I sent him back a text and I said, his name's David. I said, David, what can I pray with you about? And I set the phone back down. As soon as I set it down, my phone rang. And he got on the phone, and he began to tell me. And he said, man, preacher, just got a lot of things going on right now in my life. And I said, David, uh, you going to church? Well, preacher, to be perfectly honest, no. He said, since COVID got here, he said, man, he said, we just stopped going. You know what happened? Um, The devil got him. 
I remember David. I was telling the men. I, I remember, I, and I mentioned this on the phone. I, he, uh, when I first went to visit him, I, I was sleeping in my office in Pampa, just trying to go and visit when Sherry and I first went. And church didn't have much. They didn't, you know, very few people. And, and so in order to save some money, I just made me a, a cushion on the floor in my office. And I spent the night, and I'd get out the next morning, I'd go visiting and and I, <clears throat> I went over to this house, and, and uh, David was working on his boat in his garage. It was just a gravel floor, and, and I'd knocked on the door for a few minutes. His wife had been a couple of weeks, and she wanted me to go. So I went over and began to visit uh, or knock on his door, and nobody came. And then I heard something in the garage. And I had met David, and uh, so we... I, I walked in, and he's around. He didn't know that anybody was even in there, and I started picking up some gravel. And I would throw it over that boat, and you could hear it dink, dink around and hit stuff, and first one didn't do anything. I took another piece, and I threw it over on the other side, and, and, and then he, I could hear the wrenches stop. I don't know who that is, but whoever it is, I'm fixing to come over there and beat them Oh, and then he said something, and, and then I, I got up, and I walked around there, and I said, what? Oh, preacher, I'm sorry. And he said, uh, preacher, I was driving down the road the other day, and a, a rock hit my windshield. He said, I thought about you. And I said, David, maybe God is trying to tell you something, not me. Maybe God's trying to get your attention and uh, maybe he's wanting you to get back in church. I said, David, I still remember when you got saved. He was a trustee. I was preaching and giving an invitation one Sunday and he come walking. Now he'd sit back where Brother Robbie's at. And David, a lot of Sundays, he had, if he got set down, <clears throat> he was out. Kind of like Brother Will. <laughs> But that Sunday, I got to watching him, and he, man, he listened. The Holy Spirit of God, I could tell, was working on his heart. And the invitation started. He started down the aisle, and I thought, man, I mean, he was marching. And he walked down, and, and we had steps kind of like this. And, and normally, you know, people come, and they'll stop here, and they'll want, but no, not that morning. He walked right up to me. I said, David. What's going on, man? What you, what's the matter? He says, Preacher, I need to get saved. I'm not saved. And I didn't say, Well, David, wait a minute, you're a trustee. Man, wait a minute. You, I thought, No, you know what I did? I knelt down with him. I, we didn't go down there. We stayed right up on the platform. And he trusted Christ as his Savior. I said, David, you're a, you're got a lot to offer the things of God. You and Peggy both. They've been here. They visited. And I said, you need to get back in church. Uh, the devil, he's got you sidetracked. And he said, preacher, I know. And he, uh, he said something. I said, why did you quit? Why did you stop? And he said, well, he said, our preacher moved. Listen, you don't know the impact you're going to have on the lives of people. And I said, but you got a good preacher there now. He said, yeah. And I said, does Peggy go? And she said, yeah. 
He said, yeah, she does, but she quit when COVID came. And he really, she, he, he said, she really likes him. And I said, well, can I call him Monday and tell him to come visit? He said, yeah, please. I said, okay. So I, I'm going to call Brother Joel Osborne. It was a youth gym right here that pastors that church. And I'm going to have him go by and visit. Listen, God calls us, but we've just got to listen. Careful how you allow Satan to get in your life. Man, he don't stop. If you're saved, he can't take you to hell with him. But he can sure make you ineffective for the things of God. I asked Brother Dennis, and I'm not tattling on him. I love him. They're good men. I said, Brother Dennis, you going to church? He still lives in Pampa. And he said, no, preacher, I'm not. I said, Dennis, well, you got to get back. Listen, you know how that happens? Oh, it'll be okay just to miss one. That's how it happens. And then one gets to be two, and two gets to be three. And the next thing you know, you're out. Listen, God wants to do something through you for Central Park to reach people for Him. And people, somebody is watching you. And the only way that you're going to impact their life is, is to stay the course. Brother Dennis left today and he told me, he said, Man, preacher, I, I appreciate the message. He said, I needed that. Listen, what would it have been if we would have just said, No, God, I'm, I'm busy. What, if, what would it be like if we would say, You know, if we didn't turn aside... And, and, and see what God has for us. God's got something for you. But you've got to stop and turn aside where, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. But you've got to start. You've got to start. We can't say, I'll do it tomorrow. No, nope, that's just exactly what the devil wants you to do. Today's the day. Now's the time. And you're here for a reason. Yes, sir. But listen, but you've got to make the choice. Yes, I can't do it. Moses stopped and he turned aside. Listen, and God used him in a great way. God will do the same for you if you'll just stop and turn aside. Father, help us. Help us, Lord, to stay the course.